How are you, Arrow? Absolutely fantastic. How's the weather? Well, it's lovely. I'm, I'm calling from Long Island, mm. uh, New York, and it's just a beautiful 75-degree day sun. I already ran and swam. It was great. It's moments like this. Do you do you pull from them to put inside your stories? Because, I mean, the, the way that you write, it's almost like you've lived this out and you're saying, by the way, let me share something that I went through. Exactly. That's how I hope it sounds. So I, I'm always rather flattered, unlike most authors, like they get very insulted. Is this all autobiographical? Oh, I don't get insulted at all. But, as, you know, because I want it to seem as real as it could possibly be. So I want that feeling of authenticity. But within that space, you know, I am completely allowed to invent and I do. <laughs> That's what I love about writing is that you create this this atmosphere and then it's like, OK, I want to go share it with somebody and see if they feel the same thing. And and you do. Exactly, yeah. You yeah. create something here that that's that's amazing. I in reading the words, I do feel and, and, and I'm a guy. <laughs> that's wonderful. I've certainly achieved my goal with you. Um, and sometimes I wonder why I think men like my book as much as or perhaps more than women, which has always amused me. Well, is that is that because of your connections with Penthouse? Because, you know, a guy will tell you that, you know, they, they pick up a magazine to read it. And, and you know, with, with Penthouse Forum, yes, we did read it. <laughs> oh, I don't know. Penthouse was so long ago, I scarcely remember. <laughs> I was published there. Uh, I had nothing to do with really that. <laughs> with Penthouse, I was doing something else, actually, that was, they were fiction, but it was sort of satires on the way we were living now but there were sexual there was a lot of sex in those satires but um i don't really regard that as part of my ha ha <laughs> <laughs> now do you, don't you see yourself as a pioneer here to start in in a way of sharing books like this good. Caro, good i absolutely feel i'm a pioneer not that i want to be i'm looking for allies i'm looking for other women who are writing about older women and their sexuality um but unfortunately there just aren't too many so just by the fact that i'm one of the few i suppose i am a pioneer I mean, there have been women throughout the ages that have been frank, sexually frank. Um, there's Anais Nin, for instance, is a, a woman who wrote in the 50s, and she lived in Paris, and, but she was a bit of an outlier. Mm. I mean, the, the, way, the way that you bring this story together, I mean, it had to take confidence and courage. And the reason why is because how many people would look at a book like this and go, Catherine, Catherine, what are you writing? Are you really thinking this way? I'm sure many people do. I'm sure people I don't know too well who know me just a bit have that feeling. My good friends know who I am, yeah. and they, you know, they they expect this of me. <laughs> <laughs> and my children are resigned. Okay, there's mom again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you you know where those those these those allied writers are? They they they've written the stories, but they're in boxes underneath their bed or hidden away in the attic. They they don't have that courage that you've got. And see, and when they read a book like this, they're going to go, oh. Oh, oh, maybe it's time. I hope so. I would love there to be other books like mine that are about empowering heroines. I mean, it's often an, when an older woman is seeking love or sex, there's a certain um, 
sadness to them. The stories end badly and so on, but not in my book. My stories, I mean, the chapters in the book, she often has a comeuppance. She often like, oh my God, I didn't realize, uh-oh. But she's not daunted, you know, she'll go on to the next adventure without being particularly upset that she was kind of, you know, fooled in the last one. Yeah. The the open door here is the fact that so many of the older women have have turned to these YA books because they do talk about the things that, you know, that they want to feel inside them. And I'm glad that you've released this in the way because now you don't have to go to a YA book. You can actually read books about something that's actually happening in your own personal life and, you know, reaching those hidden desires and fantasies. Yeah, I, I, I'm a little bemused by what you're saying. You're telling me that women are going to YA to find because they talk about relationship they talk about relationship they talk about sex yeah 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 yep there sure are but there's lots of adult novels of course I mean the family is or men and women these are the long time subjects of the novel and somebody like Jonathan Franzen he's not all that interested in sexuality, but he's writing about men and women. I mean, most major writers, you know, are writing about men and women or men and men, and and the passions between people have always been, you know, greatly inspiring, Um, and it's what we want to read about. And what I'm hoping is that in Sybil Unbound, that people will permit themselves to love fully at any age because love is our greatest adventure Mm -hmm. and to cut yourself off from it because you think you're too old or you're constrained is to lose one of life's great joys Mm-hmm. My wife is approaching 70 years old, and, and she's still just very activated in reading books such as this. And, 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 that, and, it, and it's fun to sit there and have a conversation. And I think that hopefully men and women uh, that are married or are couples will have a conversation and when, when they finish you know, a particular chapter. Well, I don't know. I think that the larger societal conversation really does have to do with monogamy. Mm-hmm. And I'm... Really happy to hear that you, you know, your wife and you are married and happy, and I'm really happy with my husband. Um, but there is a movement in in America and throughout the world of realizing that we're going to live long lives, and if the occasional fling happens within the course of a long marriage, it doesn't have to end the marriage. Right. So. This sort of thing I'm tapping into as well as the older women's sexuality. So Sybil Unbound, the heroine. She's not married, but she's living with someone. She's, it's as if she's married. Maybe I was too scared to make her married, but in any event, she lives with someone. She never questions that she'll be with him forever. But when love or passion or sexual adventure comes along, she just dumps on the train. She's bolder than I am personally, Arrow, I have to tell you. <laughs> when, when you get that opportunity to write, I don't know if it's daily or if you, if you go in there weekly, but when you're starting to put together your paragraphs, did, are you questioned about uh, what you're writing about? And, and here's the reason why I bring that up, because I am, I am a painter. I love to work with canvas, but I, I also went through that moment where I was, I was, doing, I was painting nudes, and, and, and I was questioned. You know, It's like, um, wh- who are you thinking about when you're doing this? What, what is this? Uh, did, did you did you go through struggles like that as well? Um, well, you know, I'm pretty liberal. My friends are pretty liberal, so I'm not really struggling. I'm trying. I'm struggling to make the best story. Yeah. I'm not struggling like, can I let this thing out into the world because it's so, you know, controversial. I went through all that with my book, um, Just Say Yes, a Marijuana Memoir. Mm. So 
I felt I was shocking people, but I felt I needed to shock people to let them know some fundamental truth. And in that case, the fundamental truth was you could smoke a lot of pot and be completely normal and happy. <laughs> and that was really the message of that book, Just Say Yes, as opposed to Just Say No for Nancy Reagan. But I do think that, um, that Sybil Unbound embodies a kind of Just Say Yes philosophy. Yeah. Yeah. Do you, would you like to be a part of a book club in, in, in going in just to hear what people have to say? Because you know darn good and well this is going into a circle. Mm. Would I like to? Well, I am part of a book club. Nice. But they, I mean, I lead a book club, but they, they declined to... Um, I mean, they didn't say, oh, let's let's have your next book as our discussion. And, and you know, I want to be broader than just my own things. Um, you were asking me something before. You said, well, you know, when I sit down to write, is it daily, is it weekly? I do want you to let you know that I'm having, uh, I'm really enjoying, I'm, I have a substack, which is called The Pleasure Principle. Now, a substack is a newsletter that's mailed out by this organization called Substack. So they take care of all the technical stuff. But it's a wonderful little ecosystem where, I don't know, there must be 20,000 different substacks. And so you find readers. They kind of find you. I don't know how. Yeah. But I don't have that many. I'm not like a star of substack. I have about 800. But you know, they're, when they're opening that email, they're just reading me. And when they respond, it's a very personal feeling of getting this reader response yeah. and responding back within the app. It's kind of fun. So you may be getting, you know, invitations to various Substack newsletters or whatever. I'm really enjoying that. And that's my regular writing because I, have to, I, I feel I have to do it once a week. And, um, and I like to do it all in one batch, you know, like sit down and do it, mm -hmm. about 500 words. And so in my substack, the pleasure principle, I'm talking about various aspects of pleasure. But my last one that just came out yesterday, it was, it was strange. It was, about the it was about a little something that happened to me, you know, personally, and it illustrated the pleasure of doing the right thing. And I was really surprised this was very different from my usual little essays on pleasure. And I got a better response to this from being more personal mm -hmm. and talking about something that really happened as opposed to being in the abstract. You know, people responded. So that was nice. You know, I, I've, I've run into that since since the lockdown. People's um, they, they want to be included in deeper conversations such as that. And, and they want that personal side. I mean, because we could candy coat anything and, and, you know, think listeners or readers are going to come directly to you. But no, they, they, they want the authenticity of it all. Are you feeling the same yeah. thing? I'm feeling, I'm noticing that a lot of people, a lot of media outlets would have jumped on my book if it was a memoir. Yeah. They kept saying, well, isn't this true? And, you know, they want to know it really happened. And of course, I can't say that. It's a novel. I wrote a novel so I could be inventive, so I could shape things and, and, and go with a heroine who was bolder than I am. So... You know, I do. I hear what you're saying, Arrow, um, that people want that personal side. But if you're a novelist, you also want them to step into mm -hmm. a more imaginative realm. Mm -hmm. um, and if they feel it's autobiographical, great. That's, that's, they're feeling something real and true and convincing. So that's terrific. But also they should, you know, know in the back of their mind, they're reading something called novel. And in something called novel, 
the author loves to invent, to make it more intense, you know? <laughs> a lot of these chapters begin with a nugget of truth, and then I think, yeah, but it would have been much more fun if, yeah. right? Or let me make this, let me tighten the screws on her. Let me make it a little more difficult. So I have a lot of fun with that. <laughs> so do you, do you have any wine glass moments? And what I mean by that is, is that there are times I'll go into a scene in a book, I'll have some wine and I'll change things around because I want the challenge. I want to do something that I couldn't do if I, if I didn't have that light buzz going on. Well, I like your notion of the um, wine glass moment. That's lovely. I, um, you know, <laughs> weed is my thing, right? So I do get stoned before writing. Absolutely. It, I don't think it changes the writing one whit because I never got stoned when I was pregnant and I was writing books then. I had three children. Um, they're exactly the same kind of book, but it gives me a kind of confidence going in. I don't think it changes anything, but it makes me feel like, oh, yeah, yesterday's <laughs> writing was good and today's going to be even better. But I'm going to take it here and we're going to do that. So it is for me a kind of confidence booster, and I'm so relieved that it's basically legal almost everywhere in the United States now, yeah. which was not true when I published my marijuana book. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. So, yeah. O- only here in North Carolina it's got to be illegal, which which I'm sure hopefully that'll change. That'll Change. You're the only. You must be one of the only two or three states in the union that's so where true. it's really illegal. <laughs> now you know, as writers, we embrace and we hold on to them really close to our heart. What about that relinquishing period where this book now belongs to us? I realize it came from you, but as a reader, it now belongs to us. Well, I'm glad. I mean, I'm a writer because I want to share. Yeah. You know, experiences and stories and, in a way, philosophies. I mean, I do think that the philosophy behind this book, that she is a hedonist and is going out to seek pleasure and is not blamed and doesn't have a tragic end. You know, in the past, uh, adultery, both in fiction and in life, unfortunately, and in much of the world it still is, if a woman is adulterous, you know, she could look at... Well, in certain countries, she could be stoned to death. She could look at death. She could look at divorce. And she could also look at disgrace, like how outrageous that this woman, while married, sought love with somebody else. And I wanted to show that it doesn't have to be that way. That Sybil, Sybil, although not married, is in her own way adulterous. But she doesn't come to a bad end. You know, she's going on, she's looking out, she's she's still thinking that that intimate moment between two human beings is valuable. Mm. So I do think that people, they're not used to the notion that women and men, you know, of a certain age uh, have sexual feelings or have deep emotional feelings too. Mm. And I think in Sybil Unbound, we give a kind of validity to older women seeking joy and pleasure in other human beings. So when it becomes a movie, you got to tell me, Catherine, who, who's playing the part of Sybil? Is it going to be uh, Meryl Streep? You know who would be perfect? Who's that? The perfect person to play Sybil would be Sybil... Um, Sybil Shepherd. She is still beautiful. She's yes. about 70. She's a little old for it. But she herself, and she was sort of, is when you look at her, she wrote an autobiography with Amy Lee Ball. So it wasn't, you know, it was ghostwritten because she's a movie star. She's not a writer. But her life, is she was such a rogue. She had so many affairs, many at the same time. Yes. I mean, she was, I had no idea until just a few weeks ago when I picked up her book that, yeah, Sybil Shepherd. I wanted the reader to kind of vaguely think of a beautiful, blonde, older woman, right? I, I'm not blonde, so that helps. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
But uh, so Sybil, yeah, I would love her to be playing the the role. But there are so many wonderful actresses in their fifties and sixties who could do this, right? Absolutely. Wow. There's just a lot more room, a lot more talent. Uh, if you look at the reboot of Sex in the City, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, you know it's mm-hmm. called and something and just like that. Well, here are women in their fifties and sixties, and they're all having love affairs and or having sex sex. Um, so maybe the notion of an older woman who is so passionate, maybe that time has come. I, I do look at that reboot as being very emblematic of our accepting this notion that we go on loving at every age. Wow. Where, where can people go to find out more about you and about your, your writing that you send out through the emails and things? Because I want people okay. to give you lots of love. Oh, that's so nice, Arrow, and I want to hear it because I, I do feel it. Well... First of all, there's my website, katherinehiller.net, which will lead you right into something about the book, something about me, and there's uh, quite a lot on there. Right from that website, you can subscribe to The Pleasure Principle. Um, (laughs) I was so glad that that title was not taken. (laughs) So right for what I'm writing about. Um, You can also go to Amazon and you'll see Sybil Unbound, which is C-Y-B-I-L-L, just like Sybil Shepherd. And, you know, you click, click, and then you'll get it, you know, on your Kindle or in the mail. I like to hold a book personally, but so many people are reading it electronically. That's great. Um... And you could go to Wikipedia, where I have an amazingly long and respectful entry. I don't know how that happened, but that was certainly like a gift from the gods. I have some fan out there. You know, what's so interesting, Arrow, is you could have pe- you could be influencing people and you have no idea. Right. One thing that happened recently was, well, not so recently, about a year ago, I had this guy who apparently has been saving, we're talking about Penthouse, he saved one of the things that I wrote in Penthouse. It was called The Embryo Patrol, and it was this dystopian future where this government was controlling your reproductive rights. He wrote to me last year, he said, I've been saving this, you should get it published again. <laughs> I never, well, okay, sure. This was right when we knew that Dobbs was, you know, Dobbs was in the works. So because of this fan, I said, I don't even have that. I wrote this before computers. I have no copy of it. He faxed me the copy. Wow. He said I should send it to Ms.com. I sent it to them, and they published it. Wow. So, right? And this was a doctor, you know, a real, you know, a very intelligent human being who somehow I had affected 40 years ago, and he remembered it, and he came back to me. So that was great. Wow. you got to come back to this show anytime in the future, Catherine. The door is always going to be open for you. Thank you so much, Arrow. This was a real treat. Thanks for, you know, helping me deliver my message to, I think women especially, really do need to hear a validation of their emotional life. And I do think that Sybil Unbound will help. Absolutely. And I, I, I believe that Heather or whoever is working with your PR needs to get you on the radio and on podcasts every Valentine's Day because I think you're, you're spreading a word that is just unbelievable. Oh, gosh, yes. I like that a lot. Okay. <laughs> I will tell them, but I believe uh, our contract may be over before next Valentine's Day. <laughs> well, you be brilliant today, okay? Thanks. You too, Arrow. Thanks a lot.